Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today's episode is quite a special episode because it is a Q&A from the, the current intake of the November intake of the Female Fat Loss Programme. And it was quite a lot of questions that kind of came in and they were questions that hadn't been asked before. And it was amazing. And I might, might even do an individual content on each of these that can help you and aid you. And I know there's some answers that I may have missed or certain things that I may have missed on it, but I've done my best to answer them as best as possible. So the answers on it aren't limited to what I have said. There's just an awful lot like it's 40, 50, it's like 40, 50 minutes of an episode. So there's always going to be certain things that I won't be able to cover. So some of the topics that we talk about are any tips on letting go of food guilt. We talk about should there be a target for other macro intakes? Squats and lunges are difficult. Any alternative exercises? Balance with lunges. Need help with structure. If not losing weight, when to reduce your calories? So there's a lot there, and I think it's going to be very, very useful. Before I go into today's episode, the next intake of the Female Fat Loss Program is opening, and it is open for applications. It will start on the 9th of January. Tailored program, tailored calories, recipe books, Facebook group, weekly check-ins, weekly lives, me on the... Uh, as much as you need it or as little as you need it and it will get you the results it, the price it's six weeks starts on the 9th of january and it's 169 if you are interested there's a link in the show notes if you are also interested you can pop me a dm and we can work on that and we can get you signed up and you can book your place there's only 10 spaces for the actual female follows program i keep the group small so everyone is getting my undivided attention so if you're interested getting started on the right track in january on january 9th click on the link below to click on to get set up for the female follows program hope you enjoy the episode so the q a that we have today is based off what you guys have sent in from the female follows program and uh, the, the the intake that's kind of running in november and the questions that are kind of have come in from from everyone are should there be a target for other macro intakes or should i need to worry about it at all then there was kind of a common question that kind of comes in is if my knees are score sore, should I, is there any alternative exercises than squats or lunges or anything different that we can bring in? Is there any tips on letting go of guilt if you eat something that you perceive as bad for you? That's going to be the main topic of this check-in because it's so long-winded. It's so in-depth. It's so hardwired into you. Um, and it's generally coming from somewhere in childhood and it's really really psychological thing but you were taught it so you can't unlearn it it just it just takes a little bit of kind of getting over that fear of certain things it's also realizing that a food can't be bad or good if it was bad or good it would kidnap your family or your pet or whatever it may be it can't be good it has no morals so then we've got balance with lunges as well and then we've got needing help with structure. And I think I spoke about that on a previous uh, live that we've done previously. And then if not losing weight, should I change my calories? When to change my calories? And the one question that I would ask everyone before they change their calories, what to kind of kind of uh, ask themselves. So the first thing that I'm going to kind of go about is the, the food guilt. Okay, so the food guilt is one of those things that kind of comes up an awful lot so i've got notes in front of me here that i'm going to kind of go through um it's food guilt is one of those things that a lot of people have 
and it's been taught to people from certain clubs it's been taught to people from family it's been taught to people like if you think about it you're when you're bold you're taking foods taken away from you or it's given as a reward or there could be other things that kind of go on in the background and there's some studies showing that even a third of kind of people or a third of americans food has this kind of guilt element to it and internally what that can mean is feeling guilty is often something as we see as productive rather than constructive or destructive we beat ourselves up and we tell ourselves to do better for our own sake when in reality the guilt that we have we feel only does harm for ourselves realistically it really kind of it's beating ourselves up with this stick and what guilt means is you've done something wrong so if you think of it like when you go to prison it's obvious that you've done something wrong, whether it be murder, whether it be something else, whether it be tax evasion, whatever it may be. But then you've also got the element of shame is the overarching thing over it. And what shame means is that you are wrong. So you judge yourself as a bad person for having certain foods. You tell yourself that you are a bad person for having a certain type of food. So guilt means you've done something wrong, but then you bring in this element of shame saying that I am a bad person for having those foods. And over time, food guilt can lead to disordered eating habits, which can be damaging to both physical and mental health. And it can ultimately take away from you fully experiencing your life, fully appreciating being present with family and friends and the many roles that that has in your life. Like if you think about it, Christmas is coming up. There's going to be a lot more food at play. There's going to be a lot more drink at play. And rightly so, it's, it's it's the first Christmas in a very long time that we've had. And because food guilt is so common, it's important to understand why this actually happens. And there is no real reason to, feed, to feel food guilt. So it's important to understand on a logical level, there is no need to feel food guilt or shame about your food choices. It doesn't, it doesn't serve you in any way. So a well-balanced diet if you change the wording or you change your definition of diet and this is what a lot of people can fall down in is when i talk to clients on their welcome calls on the with the, my one-to-one clients one of the questions is what's your definition of a diet and a lot of the time i'd say 60 or 70 percent of the time that kind of comes in of diet means restriction it means kind of like misery it means taking out a food group but what happens if you reverse that language and say well food like diet actually means way of life why don't you try and reword that kind of element of it food is for nourishment as well as enjoyment it's something to be honored it's something to be given to you it plays a role in your life if you don't get enough food you're going to have low energy you're going to have low libido you're going to have low confidence you're going to have low you just won't be able to really move or whatever it may be. And we have this thing in the first world country of we have an abundance of food, so it's not going anywhere. And we need to eat in order to be able to function. It's like you give, I hate using this whole thing as food for, is fuel, but it's the analogy that a lot of people resonate with of food is like the, the, the petrol that you put into your car, or your diesel you put into your car, your car can't function without it. And food, not only is food not productive for creating balanced eating habits, but it also can be damaging to your health. And there was a study conducted where people asked if they were if they associated chocolate cake more with guilt or celebration. 
And the results of the study show that the individuals who said that chocolate cake was associated with guilt were no healthier or more motivated than those who associated with celebration. In fact, they felt less in control around food and they say they were more likely to overeat. And a lot of people will feel that element of it. And what happens is food guilt actually perpetuates a start and stop cycle. So what this means is it's it kind of the shame and the guilt intensify overeating after overeating. And so as you try more rigid and restrictive behaviors to make up for being inverted commas bad, you're then left feeling out of control around food because you've become more hyper aware that you can't have it. And the end result is you overindulge and that binge restrict cycle continues and continues and continues. So if you think about it this way, if you're to- if you tell yourself you can't have something, guess what What you're going to want to have? You're going to want to do that thing. Think of it like the big red button. If you're told as a kid not to press the big red button or to draw on the walls, what are you going to want to do? You're going to want to draw on the walls. And you're going to want that thing. So if you tell yourself over time, I'm going to start being good on Monday. I'm going to start being good today. That generally in your head, you perpetuate this idea, this growth in your head of, in order for me to be good, I need to restrict this food. And as soon as I bring that food back in, I am a bad person. That's essentially what you are saying to yourself. Like it's, if you think about it from a logical point of view, it's it's quite scary how that kind of has perpetuated and kind of become so ingrained in people's lives at this stage. We The diet industry has a lot to answer for for this. That... And there's a lot of fear mongering around food. Like There's so much information overload in the world right now with kind of nutrition and training and all that kind of stuff and what to believe. And so many people are overwhelmed by the amount of information kind of coming in. But for the, the, the if you think about it, like, and Orla Walsh said this on the podcast, she said nutrition is quite an easy concept. Like we, we know that we need to eat regular meals, more vegetables, more protein, majority of the time. But that's the big word, majority of the time. But a lot of people will try to worry about what, how much cholesterol is in eggs, how much fat should they have, how much veggies should they have, how much um, carbohydrates they should need, the macros they should need, rather than focusing on the real basic principles of that. They try to almost try to run a marathon before they've even started learning how to walk. And that kind of overcomplicates things. So whenever you're in this kind of start-stop or binge and strict cycle, you're not able to conform, to kind of form consistent balanced habits that support your long-term health. Over time, this can lead to more serious and health conditions. And that's why it's important to kind of put the effort into building that trust around that food again for yourself. So it's important to understand that it will take time. There will be mistakes made. You're human. You will make mistakes. Like you've make mistakes at everything you make mistakes as a parent you make mistakes at work you make mistakes with your friends you say something silly all the time but what's not aiding you right now is staying where you are if you are suffering from food guilt would i advise someone to diet through food guilt probably not and that's my opinion people can have other opinions and that's completely up to them why do i think that you ideally shouldn't diet through food guilt because you're you associate dieting with restriction So if restriction is what you believe in, that's what you think you need to do to diet. But what we're trying to build in is a solid foundation. So if you think of it like a house, in order to build a house, you have solid foundations. Then you put up the walls or whatever it is and put up the rest of the house. But if you're trying to do dieting through food guilt, 
you've already you're you're building you're putting in the windows the roof before you've even put up the walls the foundations and it's just going to collapse it's asking for trouble longer down the road so you need to bring in a few things you need to bring in awareness to when and why you're experiencing food guilt it's understanding these two things you one of the big things that you kind of look at it's mainly to can come down to two main causes one is you've may you may have had a mindless choice and didn't right, realize it until after the fact feelings of of guilt can happen if you make a food choice that that's not in alignment with what you truly want or what you truly need this usually happens when external factors influence your food choices without you even realizing it such emotions such as stress or kind of boredom or your environment or eating while distracted watching tv you also may experience this if you make an in the moment decision that you don't truly want to make like someone pushing food onto you or you're in your aunties or your uncles and they kind of are encouraging you to have the food or whatever it may be but that's this has less that has more le- has less to do with food itself and more to do with you not taking or not taking a specific action and you judge yourself for not taking that specific action and you believe that you need to either be perfect which comes from childhood or you believe that you in order to be good you need to restrict your favorite foods so if you don't act up or match up to those expectations as a result you'll beat yourself up and hit yourself with the shame stick you also may have food rules and the second cause of food guilt may be seen as feeling guilty after foods that are internally being labeled as I'm on off, I'm inverted commas, on plan, off plan. Foods are good or bad, inverted commas. And this can happen even when you consciously choose to eat everything because you truly enjoy it. And the sense of shame, which means I am wrong for having this food, creeps in in a way because you've trained yourself or we've trained ourselves to think of some foods as right and others as wrong. And then what you tend to do is you tend to, once you eat those foods, you tell yourself you're a bad person for having those or you've got lack of motivation or you've got lack of willpower. It's nothing to do with those. It's nothing to do with those. It's generally the food isn't the issue. Food is, isn't the issue for most people. What happens is they people, like chocolate is chocolate. Chocolate has no feelings. Chocolate has no morals. It just sits there. Okay, so if I look at this wrapper here, as chocolate, right? That has no emotions. That has no feelings. That has no morals. That's not going to come in and do the housework. That's not going to kidnap kidnap the dog. What that is, is just chocolate. Chocolate is chocolate. That's all that it is. Has one function in its, in its life is as chocolate. But what we tend to do as humans is we project onto the food. We project onto that food of saying... I'm a bad person if I eat that. Or what we tend to do is we project of how we see ourselves onto that food. We tell ourselves that I that if I feel inadequate or I have low self-esteem or I have low self-worth, that I I'm going to project that onto the food. And in order to deal with that emotion that I'm feeling right now, that's the food is the only way for me to deal with that. We project onto the food. The food's not the issue. It's normally how we see ourselves is projected onto the actual food. So it's quite it's quite ingrained and it's been taught to you somewhere. Like if you think about it, if your parents, for example, have don't have an amazing relationship with food, and I see it over time and time again that aunties or parents or moms or whatever it may be have gone to slimming clubs and struggled with their weight for a very long time. They've ended up bringing their daughters or their kids or whatever it may be to certain clubs. And 
or they've gone to certain PTs and they've had, like I was talking to a client yesterday uh, in, on one of the one-to-one clients and she was kind of talking about, we were kind of working through a, a little bit of the food guilt stuff. And she was kind of saying, I went to a PT and every time I had a takeaway or I had a pizza, the, the, the PT would give out to me. It's kind of like, well, there's the shame. You're giving, you're getting shamed by someone else. But you can have a pizza. Like, there's nothing wrong with the pizza. Pizza is pizza. Pizza is just carbohydrates. It is literally just fats. It's literally vegetables. It's literally protein. And then the, the, the answer back was, well, it's a huge amount of calories. We're like, okay, so if we had, say, the same amount of calories in chicken fillets or in bananas or apples, would you feel the same? And they were like, no. So it's nothing to do with, it's the type of food, it's what you make that food mean. That is the issue. It's what you're projecting onto that food. It's what other people have taught you, saying that you are lack of willpower, lack of motivation, bad person, whatever it may be. But that's been ingrained and you've latched onto that story and that's been protecting you. But it's not protecting you. It's, 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 um, it kind of, those food rules can almost make you feel safe. And that can happen for an awful lot of people. That Those food rules can almost make people feel safe because they don't necessarily need, because if you let go of those stories that are protecting you about how you feel and how you look or all these kind of things, you're going to have to deal with your emotions. And that is uncomfortable for an awful lot of people is if you actually have to, if you let go of the one thing that's been protecting you, which is food as comfort, you're going to end up having to deal with your emotions of how you see yourself. And not a lot of people want to deal with that. It's uncomfortable as hell. I've been through therapy. It's uncomfortable as hell. But I would also question is, is more comfortable saying where you are or is it more comfortable seeing where you are or you can be in six, 12 months, five years down the line? So one of the important things is you need to let go of the food rules. So think about it this way. Think about what would happen when you were a kid and your pa- and and your your guardian, your parent or your teacher told you you weren't allowed to do something. How would you react? My guess is you wanted to do exactly what they said that you, you shouldn't do and much more. And this is the exact same thing and the exact same series of events that occurs with food rules. It's simply human nature. When we tell ourselves we tell ourselves we can't have something and it's bad for us in inverted commas, we're not allowed to have it. We're inadvertently putting the food item on a pedestal, a pedestal that makes us idealize the food and an item and want to make so much more if we're just not allowed to ourselves in the first place. So by actually giving ourselves permission to have it, we won't put it on a pedestal. It will take the power away. At the minute, the, the food's winning. You're not winning. The food's in control. You're not in control. And a lot of people want to control because they make them feel safe. And the food is the safety net. But once we have, we do have that food item, either finally because we allow ourselves to have it, reward ourselves, or simply it's placed in front of us, and we feel that we no longer have actual self-control, we're much more likely to overindulge and subsequently experience the sense of guilt. But one little twick, tweak, twick? I sound like Jonathan Ross. Treak, twick, treak. Trick that I would say to you is to, one little tactic that I would recommend to do is kind of a traffic light system, all right? So when people are going through therapy, what they will be, there's a thing called exposure therapy. And what they people can do and what 
can help people is exposure to the food because people don't trust themselves around the food. If you ever said the sentence, I, don't, I can't have this food or I can't have this food in the house because I don't trust myself or whatever it may be. A really simple exercise to do is to write out a list of the foods, okay? So what I mean by that is make a list of the difficult foods you can try to experiment with eating. And therapists will often treat fears and phobias and with exposure therapy. And it helps to confront the actual issues. So you could start making three lists. The first list is green foods, foods you can eat without a problem. Second list is yellow foods that cause you some hesitation. And then the red foods are the foods that trigger more extreme negative emotions or connotations around it. So what I would recommend is do this. Don't You can try this on your own if you want. Would I advise to do it on your own? Probably not. I would probably advise you to work with someone that knows what they're doing. But first thing is try some small amounts of one yellow food at a time. Notice how you feel before it and notice how you feel after it. As your confidence grows and you have more exposure to that, you'll be able to go into more of kind of like the red food ideology. So one of the yellow food for some people could be as simple as kind of like fats, like peanut butter or something like that. And a red food for some people will be carbohydrates or chocolate. There'll be two foods that I would recommend. Some people will be more ready to go for the red food straight away. Some people will need to go into the yellow food straight away. It depends where the individual is at. But if you increase the exposure to, of the food to yourself each day, the food won't ha- you won't want it. You won't want it as much. But not but not allowing yourself to have it each day, it will create that kind of like, I don't deserve this, I can't have this. And when you have it, you will beat yourself up. You start to realize that like, it, like if you have a certain amount of calories, like I, I have chocolate every day, I have ice cream every day. Do I beat myself up? No. Like I was away last week. I had pizza every single day. I had carbs every single day. And I had gelato every day. Do I beat myself up? No. But that's because I've done work on myself, one. But it's also like, what's what's the need? What am I, what, what, um, what am I projecting onto the food? What am I actually projecting onto the food? It's how we feel about ourselves, what we see about ourselves. But that's been taught to us from somewhere. Someone has made a comment somewhere along the line in our lives that either we were a chubby kid, we were bullied at school, there was perfection, there was trauma, there was something said to us. And we believe that in order to to match up to societal expectations, we need to act in a certain way. And we believe that certain way is because certain slimmer clubs or certain diet structures have said in order to get this result you need to restrict yourself to mass destruction and if we don't add up that ideology we are a bad person that is unfortunate the way it is unfortunately so another way is the main thing i would recommend if there is a certain food group is make that list green yellow red expose yourself to the yellow foods or one at a time or expose yourself if you want to go full hog there'll be days where you overeat we all overeat but the difference is between a lot of people and some people is we don't judge ourselves if we overeat. We're not a bad person. Everyone overeats. We do it at some stage in our lives. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It makes you human. That's the difference. The wording is very, very different. Same action, just different response. And there will be times where you kind of make mistakes. There will be time that you overeat. But it's doing that inner work on yourself. You need to look at where did you learn that food guilt? Where did you learn that unmet expectation? 
and the people who get better results and make progress long term are the ones who are compassionate about themselves and to themselves ask yourself why did this happen without judgment why did this happen was it in my control would I do things differently the next time and a really useful kind of tool that I kind of recommend with clients sometimes is would I be happy if I had a picture of myself as a kid would I be happy with how I'm speaking to to that person right now and the answer is often not but it's just so easy for you because you've done more reps in that negative to to berate yourself but if you look at it why is berating yourself it's protecting you it's protecting you from judgment from other people it's protecting you from words from other people that could potentially put you down so you put yourself down first if you actually receive more support from people and have that network around you that's how social support and having accountability to myself or whoever it may be is really important i'm not here to judge you i'm here to help you i'm here for you to ask questions i'm here to guide you you can't fail this process if you are doing the basic things you can't fail this process the only way someone can fail is from not trying or from not even starting as michael jordan said you can't take you can't what is it i'm gonna murder this i'm gonna butcher this completely you can't take you can't something about a shot you can't uh, fail from any shot you don't take but you need to look at the food guilt expose yourself to that food take a list yellow green red expose yourself to the yellow or the red foods first and see how you go it will take time there'll be times where it doesn't go according to what you want it to do but it will build up confidence over time and the clients that i've seen who work on that with me on a daily basis are the ones that kind of have that mindset freedom and that just switches for them and then they have their lives back they're allowed to have that they're able to have that freedom so if you're dieting yourself into christmas with food guilt i would address the food guilt first rather than trying to lose weight personally trying to diet yourself out of food guilt is like trying to get yourself out of quicksand by sticking your head in first you're just going to suffocate yourself so if the food guilt is evident you need to expose yourself to that food. No food can make you fat. No food in isolation can make you fat. That's fact. But you also need to like, why is having fat bad thing? Because the media said so. Well, the media also said a lot of different things. The media also hacked phones. They're not great deal media. So I wouldn't truly believe anything they say. Curate your feed. If you're, po- if you're following people on social media, they're making up city food rules around food. Delete them right now. Expose, kind of look at who, what information you're taking in. Where are you going for articles that are kind of like sensationalist headlines of this food is bad, this food is going to make you X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, keep it simple. K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid, is what we need to believe. So that's the guilt. So expose yourself to the food and you'll probably see a lot more progress and a lot more success. No food is off limits. It's scary. The reason why fear is there is because food food makes you feel safe. And it makes you feel safe because food has been that constant in your life. It's always been there. And 
once you let go of that kind of like food comfort or restrain it a little bit or let go of it a little bit that tighten that grasp of it it means you have to deal with your uncomfortable feelings how you feel about yourself but those feelings that you have about yourself if you actually write down and sit down are they actually facts or opinions most of them have either be just kind of stories that you're rattling around your head or a comment was made to you a little while ago and you've just believed it as a truth but if you actually write down and put a piece of paper left hand side fact right hand side column opinion you'll soon figure out that a lot of it is bs and it's it's a story and what those stories are they're projecting onto the food you're telling yourself you're a good or bad person it it it's fairly fairly intense like i've synopsed i've put this into a 25 minute 30 minute synopsis but it's it's quite in depth um and there's a lot more to it there's a lot more to it you deserve the food you deserve to honor what you want you deserve to honor what you need and you deserve to have the foods in your life that you enjoy life is life is tough enough by you by you not honoring how you feel and it's tough enough without you restricting yourself into mass destruction if you look at every other approach that you've looked at or tried before it's involved restriction so no wonder it hasn't worked but when you've restricted you're like well i've taken out a carb so that must mean i must take out carbs in order to see success i've taken out chocolate so every time i have taken out chocolate i see success no, no 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 that's you associating success with those restrictions that's exactly what's happening. Um, so the next section is, should there be a target for other macro intakes? So we know at this stage, or most people will know at this stage, that it comes down to your total calories. So it comes down to your total calories over time. If you eat too many calories than your body needs over a consistent amount of time, you will gain weight. If you eat less than your body needs at a consistent amount of time, you'll, you'll lose weight. So it's your total spending of your calories that will get you to your goal. The reason why I normally don't give out protein, carbs, fat targets is a lot of people can get bogged down in, can kind of get bogged down in perfection. That if they don't hit the targets full on or nail it every time, what's the point? If they don't match up to perfection, or they don't match up to those targets, then what's the point? And they'll just give up. I've seen it when I first started, I used to give them and I was kind of like, right, this, there's something up here. So that's why I only give you a calorie range. So there's wiggle room for you. And I only give you protein targets as a range so that you can give or take, be in and around it. And that's, a, and that's good enough. And good enough is often what's going to lead people to their goals a lot quicker, a lot better, rather than trying to be perfect all the time. So it'll come down to your total calorie spending. And if you're constantly overspending, well then there's an issue there. If you're constantly under eating, then it's gonna be an adherence issue. So should there be a target? I don't think there's any need for a target unless you're a little bit more experienced. I'm not that type of coach. I'll, I've ultimately, I've given it to kind of clients of help with photo shoot prep and athletes and stuff when I used to work with one of the, the big GAA teams here in Dublin but they are on further along than most people I'm working with on a daily basis. But if you've got perfectionist tendencies, I don't, I don't know if macro targets are exactly what you need. It's probably adjusting your kind of mentality around food, that side of things. 
So that's my approach. It may not be for what everyone needs. That's completely up to you. That everyone has different needs. So there's no um, right or wrong approach. It's whatever works for you. But another person that I spoke to them this morning on their check-in, it's just kind of getting it within that range is going to be the big thing for them and kind of in and around their protein target a little bit more consistently will get them to their goal. Um, the next question is um, needing help with structure. I would look at three three elements. Structure is created by you. So what can you do to create structure? Do a food shop. I would book in time into your week for you, whether it be your training or your walks. And then the last one will be book in time for you with friends or family or whatever it may be. There'll be three things that probably would lead to structure. What happens for an awful lot of people is they don't do a shop, they don't book any time in for themselves and they don't make time for themselves to see other people. And then they wonder why they're not doing any of these things. The structure is created by you. And a lot of people would kind of like, well, I need to, I, I need recipe ideas or whatever it may be. That's coming from perfection. It can be coming from perfection of, I need to have every single meal prepped or I need to be, have every single meal perfect in order to get to my goal. Sometimes eggs, beans on toast is all you need. Sometimes a protein shake or a smoothie on the go is all you need. Sometimes a tin of tuna and a bagel is all you need. It doesn't need to be Michelin star. So I know with, with you guys, the clients that I'm talking to right now, you guys have four or five recipe books with loads and loads of recipes in them. And then you've also kind of got what a day of eating could look like in a, in a guide for you as well. So the information is there for you, but it's kind of looking at, well, what do I want to have? Right, I'm going to have my normal breakfast of, say, porridge, oats, sorry, porridge, whey protein, a bit of fruit there's breakfast then i'll have a bit of fruit mid-morning then for lunch i will have leftovers from the night before then for a snack in the afternoon i might have a little bit more fruit or i might have a chocolate bar and then for dinner i will have my shopping and i know what i'm having for dinner um which is which is steak veggies and and chips tonight and then you have your your um your ice cream for later. That's a, that's what my day would look like. But I know what I'm having because I plan some of my meals. A lot of people just wing what they're doing. And it kind of comes down to if you create the structure and the strategy for yourself, or if you create the structure for yourself, the structure will follow and the results will follow. But an awful lot of people kind of can feel restricted by having some sort of structure because they want to go a little bit more, go with the flow. But that approach isn't working for them. Uh, a lot of people want control. So you've got control of your strategy. You've got control of your own routine. You've got control of your calendar for most parts. So it's about booking in things, having a day where you do a shop or an online shop or whatever you need to do, uh, and that will help. Then the next question is help with balance with lunges. So what you could do is you could, you could lean against the wall. You could do it in a TRX. You could maybe stand upright first and then put one leg out and one bring one leg back at a time and try it that way. You could rather than going forward with your lunges, do a backward lunge and that could help you a little bit more to get balance and do them standing rather than trying to walk with them. It could be a sign that your core isn't 
kind of tight enough or you could have a balance issue you could have knee issues or whatever it may be um it could be a few things so you could either maybe rather than trying to put your feet forward right in front of the other what you could do is have a wider stance and bring it kind of out towards a little bit of a kind of like a i don't know 25 30 degree more to the right or to the left depending on what leg you're using out and that might create that more of a wider stability for you and you'll be able to do that a little bit more rather than trying to bring one leg in front of the other and that might help you on that side of things um another question is if not losing weight uh should i reduce my calories so there's a really good question it's really really important so the answer to that question is and the question you should ask yourself is have i been adherent and most people after one week or two weeks will try and things haven't moved for them whether it be inches or measurements have inches have measurements have has strength gone up has weight gone down or up or whatever it may be if nothing have changed and you've been within 80 to 100 percent adherent well then it's a sign that that could mean that you either are over are not counting everything or that could be that you're not counting properly and that could be a time for you to move your calories down by 100 150 and see if that makes a difference but i know in the case of the person asking this question is that person has had their cycle this week so that can impact and fluctuate the scales um as well and that person has had a lot of more meals out this week as well so two or three meals out this week which you can still get results but it's a little bit harder that's why it's a little bit harder to diet around christmas um so would i say they've been 100 percent adherent or 80 percent adherent they could be 60 percent adherent but i wouldn't say they're 80 percent adherent so there's a cycle at play there's a lot more nights out there's a lot more drink at play um i know they're trying to do their best with um kind of calories when out it is harder it is harder to count calories when you're out for meals. I would, as a general rule of thumb, I would just multiply everything by one and a half of what you think it is. Uh, and that's probably a little bit more accurate to where it is. The chef, I remember coaching a chef and they said that our job isn't to make food healthy. Our job is to make food tasty with loads of butter and stuff. So they put in quite a bit of food to make the food tasty. So if not losing weight, um, should you reduce calories? If you've been 100% adherent or 80 to 100% adherent, for two weeks and nothing has changed measurements body composition clothes feeling looser weight none of those have changed and you've been to 80 to 100 percent adherent then reduce your calories by 150 but another person asking this question at, at, at present the first week the scales went down this week was a little bit more heightened with activity measurements went down weight remained the same but that was due to your cycle. That was due to a little bit more alcohol, a little bit more food at play out and about. So if you go to back to what you had done the previous week, you'll probably get back to where you go. There's no need to reduce your calories right now, I don't believe. If nothing changes next week and you've been 80 to 100% adherent, we can change things. But I, I personally don't think, I think it's just more that there was a little bit more variety in there for you. A little bit more out, two or three nights out or two nights out or three meals out i think it was and a night out uh plus there was also um not feeling great so there was like a flu element to it as well um and if we that can make us hold on to a little bit more water and that can impact things as well so if not losing weight 
ask yourself this one question have i been adherent have i done what i'm meant to be doing and if the answer is no then there's no need to reduce your calories um denise has asked if you train first thing in the morning do you eat before um it depends is the answer uh so there's an episode with dr stacy sims on intermittent fasting and training faster in the morning for women or those who have menstrual cycles and in that episode with Dr. Stacey Sims, it would be encouraged for women to train with food in a fed state. Why? Mainly because the body is more stressed in the morning. Okay, so we think we're more stressed in the evening. Our bodies are actually more... So the way it works is as... When we wake up, we're more stressed because we're getting daylight exposure. We're kind of looking at our phone straight away. We're more stressed. There's a lot more exposure to it. We're more chill when we go to sleep. Um, so if we're more stressed in the morning and our bodies kind of needs to kind of like be a little bit more chilled and needs a little bit more food into it in order to kind of calm it or wake it up slowly. Um, it's kind of like a dimmer switch, turn it up slowly. And then as we go throughout the day, your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, is heightened. And as you go through the day, it kind of slows down for the rest of the day. And it kind of goes into your more melatonin production, creeps in towards the rest of the day. And that's when you fall into your sleep. So your melatonin is your deep sleep hormone. So it depends on the person. Should you train fasted? Completely up to you. Um, For your hormones, for your body, it could be better to have something small. It could be simple as... A banana and a bit of peanut butter it could be simply as a slice of bread with a, so a bit of carbs and a bit of fats that's what ultimately peanut butter and a bagel if you want if you want to train fast and you feel better training fasted by all means it really really is person dependent there's some research saying that it's better for women and those who have menstrual cycles to train fasted or sorry to train fed you'll have more energy you'll have more energy to train properly you'll feel you'll recover quicker you won't be as tired completely up to you and then there's other studies showing that it's better to train fasted um there's no real as always with nutrition and training it really really does depend on the actual person and what they need but i highly recommend to listen to the episode with dr stacy sim so i'll show put that into the show notes for you but if you just google shane walsh onto spotify or itunes and Dr. Stacey Sims, you'll, you'll get the answer. It's completely up to you. Um, most, I would encourage you to probably eat something. Um, but it's up to the individual. Some people can't stomach anything, but you can train yourself to eat something. And I've seen it with clients before and it's up to the individual. It really, really is. Um, and then, is there any other questions? and uh, so knee squats are difficult uh they're hurting the knees any alternatives so could do box squats um body weights you could do half rep squats if you wanted to um lunges you could use like a leg extension you could do a hip thrust if you wanted to you could do leg curls if you wanted to uh you could do ordls if you wanted to and see if that helps you in any way um so that person asked that question i gave them a full list of exercises that would be a benefit to them um and yeah we'll see what they what they pick um so 
yeah i think that's i think that's everything for today's q a so we went through food guilt we went through should there be a target for their macros went for uh, balance with lunges needing help with structure if not losing weight should there be a target for other macro intake so like this has probably been one of the the, the best kind of question for q a since i started doing the female fat loss program uh, so thank you for those questions and yeah if there's anything that you have else uh, pop it below and then i'll let you all know about kind of when the next one is obviously uh, i've changed things up uh, because of a family emergency so or when the q a is um but you'll definitely get one uh, so we might have it later on in the week but i'll let you all know on that so if you have any questions um last question how do you know you are lifting enough um depends what enough is i'm not i'm not avoiding the question i don't know um the base are are the last two or three reps eight to ten difficult so ten being the most difficult one being easy are the last two or three reps difficult are you uncomfortable so if you find, say, you're doing a lat raise with, say, 2kg and you find 10 reps quite easy, well then try to either increase the reps with the 2kg to until you feel more fatigued or it's 8 out of 10 difficult and you can do no more. Or you can try a 3kg and see how you feel at 10 reps um, and kind of go from there. There's an episode with Luke Tullock on that um it shouldn't be about and this is one of the big things it shouldn't be about am i lifting enough um in my opinion it should be am i being adherent am i being consistent am i performing the exercise with the right form so it's not hurting my back or my shoulders or causing injury too many people try to lift too soon. I've been there. I've been there. Uh, but ended up just having setbacks. So if the last two or three reps aren't kind of eight to ten difficult, that probably means they are either not lifting enough um, or the weight might be a little bit light. So play around with it. There's no, as everything with training and nutrition, there's no right answer. But Luke Tullock's episode um, might help you on that. But... It's the last two or three reps. I'm sorry, yeah, the last three reps are they eight out of ten difficult? It's probably a safe place. So, like, if I was to do a shoulder press, like, if I was to do a shoulder press and it's going like this for the last two or three reps, that's too easy. So, the last two or three reps need to be like, like that. That's what they could look like. And I know I'm doing this on a podcast as well. So, people aren't going to see, but I should be like struggling to get the weight up. And that will help. Um, that will kind of like be a true sign of um, that you are you're pushing your training but for most people it's more about adherence and consistency because they're the two things that most people aren't doing um, and that's probably where I would look at if you're showing up for your sessions you're doing mo- more than most people are doing um, and you'll get to your goal if you want to get the next level goal it will be to uh, to kind of push it for that last two three reps um so i'd worry about just kind of showing up in consistency first and then but that's my opinion there's no evidence to back that up that's just my opinion because i know from having coached an awful lot of people at this stage it's generally the showing up is the hardest part for most people so 
pop your questions below uh, in the Q&A if you have any and I'll answer those as they come in and if you want to listen to it on uh, the podcast when it comes out I haven't decided it's going out tomorrow or Monday and we'll go from there so if you have any questions let me know I hope you've enjoyed the Q&A thank you so much for that amazing Q&A and the questions that kind of came in from the current female fat loss group uh, they were they were amazing and there was kind of questions coming coming in live as well which is great and it was a really thorough episode and I went I went to about half an area on food guilt and it's one of those topics that is kind of it's important to address and it was it was my personal opinion it doesn't have an evidence base it's not uh, like it, there may be evidence for it but I think it's important to understand food guilt it's important to understand structure it's important to understand when to lose weight or when to cut calories or drop calories whatever it may be and I like really like that question by Denise at the very end about kind of how do you know you're, you're lifting heavy enough um, and I can only give a rough uh, outline or a guide on that side of things as well so hopefully you have found that episode useful if you're interested in signing up for the next intake which is the first intake of 2023 uh, we're starting on the 9th of January the female fat loss program is a Facebook group so you'll have weekly check-ins with me every single Tuesday um, you'll have you'll check in on a Monday you'll get feedback from me on a Tuesday you'll get a tailored program tailored calories you will get me on emails and on the Facebook group where you can ask questions you will also get recipe books. You will also that are my fitness path friendly. You will get results, and it's a six week program. So the price is one six nine for six weeks, and it's uh, starts on the 9th of January. And I'm really looking forward to kind of the next one because I've made improvements to the next one. I've made improvements for 2023, and I'm excited to grow that. If you are also interested in working with me on a one to one basis, kind of coming into 2023, you can click on the link below, and we can kind of book in a call, and we can kind of get you set up. We can take a deposit for December and you can pay the rest in January if that's of interest to you as well. And the one thing that I would say, if you were looking to start a diet in January, do the opposite of exactly what you've probably done for the lot of it is restrict, restrict, restrict. If you've learned anything from today's episode about food guilt, it's do the opposite of what you're trying to do. Adjust your, maybe therapy is probably what you most people probably need or want i'd say a lot of people including myself have been to therapy and it's helped them therapy never ends it's one of those things but running away from how we want to feel is just it's too uncomfortable and it's too tiring and it's just it's just not fun so hopefully this episode has helped you if it has please tag share amongst friends leave a review up on itunes up on spotify the more reviews the more subscribes the, the further the podcast goes up and the bigger the better the guests I can get on as well so hopefully you've enjoyed this episode